When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, my pal, my also predictor. He wins. He, you, you seem to know when Auburn's going to win or lose in a football game, and, and by about how much. You're doing pretty good at that. Like preseason, you predicted we were going to win by 10 points. Guess what? We beat Arkansas by a little bit more than 10 points, but closer than I feel like a lot of people would. How you doing, Jared? I'm good. I told you uh, I, 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 picked the, uh, I picked the lines for Vegas, man. I've been yeah. trying to tell you that. I think you, <laughs> I think you, I think you don't believe me. But uh, I, I laugh it off every time. Like, no way. No, ways no way the guy named Jared Davis doing I know. This. that's like the most basic name like <laughs> jared davis um so yeah that it's yeah <clears throat> funny story my wife she was um her last name was nasset and and before she married me there was like two other people in america that had her name and then she became anna davis and and you, you can imagine <laughs> there's a lot more than two people in the world that have that name oh yeah like jared davis so it's like nobody John cares Smith. about yeah, John Smith. That's what it became. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry if I lost everybody. Nobody cares about that. But. <laughs> um, but what the people do care about is Auburn winning. And Auburn did win. Uh, we beat number 17, Arkansas. Um, Arkansas, early on in the season, has looked very good. And I still think they look pretty good. Now, I think they've, they're not as great as what uh, I think we kind of feared that they were about week three, but they're still a really good team. Um, Arkansas has, uh, they've had some tough losses. They lost against UGA. That was the slaughter, you know, shutout. They did battle against Ole Miss recently, and now they're lost against Auburn. So they now have three losses this season, and Auburn improves to five and two and two and one in the SEC. And Auburn's now ranked number 19th in the AP poll. So, hey, we were out for a little bit. I suspected we were like, you know, 27th, so they wouldn't officially rank us. But Auburn did win, and uh, that got us back into the rankings uh, for the AP poll. How do you feel about 19? Does that seem about right? Uh, yeah, actually, I, that's what I thought we were going to be after that victory. Um, that's about Again, right. Are, are you on the AP poll like committee or something? <laughs> like, dude, you're predicting it. <laughs> Yeah, if only if only I could uh, you know like you predict uh, you know how to make money off all this stuff, but I guess I can't. <laughs> I guess I could with betting, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, before that game, I was thinking, you know, we lost to Georgia. Should we have fallen out of the top twenty-five? Probably not. But should we have been there before then? I don't know, because really LSU was the the only legit win, and that didn't even look as great. Well, that win looks a lot better now. Um, after they beat Florida, 
and the Arkansas was a really good team. I mean, they're they're solid. They're not. I thought Arkansas was a little overrated because listen, Texas is overrated, and and they beat Texas. I still think A and M is not a great team. They had one amazing night, and that was the other big win Arkansas had. So I thought Arkansas was probably a little overrated, but they are a very quality team, and on the road, that is not easy to do. Um, and we didn't know what we had either. And I think we found out a lot about who we are uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, I think we're starting to see um, more of who Auburn is. And I think the offense is less run than we thought it would be. Because I think in the offseason, I mean, we kept hearing, oh, we're going to be downhill, downhill. To me, downhill makes me think we're going to run the ball a lot. We still run it a good bit but not as much as I feel like most Auburn fans want us to. And, and even myself, like I, I want Auburn to run a little bit more. But you know what? When defenses are stacking the box against you, guess what? Auburn can attack you in the run or in the pass game as well. And that's what we've done. And Bo Nix has uh, pretty much rose to this challenge. Even, even when you're playing good defenses, uh, Bo Nix is still doing pretty well moving the ball around. Um, I mean, honestly, if you think back even to the Georgia game, we had at least two opportunities that we didn't. Uh, one was you know, the missed pass interference, and then the other was just a drop pass. Both of those could have been touchdowns. So we, it's, it's the, you know, we're getting better. And, you know, coaches say it all the time, but execution is key. Um, and especially in this game, you saw the execution levels of Auburn and his offense being at tip-top shape. I think the one, you know, kind of you know exclusion from that is that interception pass. I think that was either a bad play call or Bo just made a wrong mistake, or it could have been both. But I think Auburn's offense is definitely getting, you know, its feet under itself, which is a good sign because we got a new offensive coordinator and new head coach who are now it's seven games in. You're seeing what this offense is. Yeah, the only thing keeping me from totally singing Bobo's praises is he is bound and determined to throw essentially a fade route in every game. Hmm. I blame that pick on him. I mean, Bo, listen, you should execute better. It just wasn't the right spot on the field to do it. I don't know that we had the player out there to do it. And it was third and four. Like, I mean, and right. we've been just we have been just destroying the seam route. Like, just I know it gets boring, but run a five yard, have four guys run a five yard curl which is basically what we've been doing and, and let Bo find the open guy keep the mm -hmm. drive going so Bo should throw that better receiver it was also supposed to be a double move I think which the receiver did not do the first part of that there was no move and so Bo was probably expecting him to be a little more open yeah no I, I, there's something going on I mean either it's play call because I didn't really see I mean unless it was like a dump off to like a wide receiver or some or you know a running back sorry like there wasn't much that was kind of the short pass, but yeah, you know, hey, we still won the game. That's you know kind of minor, kind of grudge or whatever kind of <laughs> that we want to call it. Um, but I did want to kind of talk through kind of overall um, what we're kind of thinking about. We're seven games in. Let's talk about some of the coaching that's been going on. So you know you've kind of already said in your piece about Bobo. I like Bobo. He seems to be doing pretty well. It's a little bit too pass heavy for me, but you know, that's all right. He's moving the ball down the field and we're scoring touchdowns. And really, I mean, that's what you want. That's what you want out of an offense. Um, any other kind of thoughts before we 
talk about uh, defense and uh, Derek Mason? Um, I think that we all know our best players are running backs. I think Bobo and Harson won't ever say this, but I think they realize, listen, when you go back and look at 2019 LSU, 2020 Alabama, you need a good run game, but, but you win championships nowadays being able to sling the ball around. And mm-hmm. I think they have just continued to force this and force this because they knew they had to get it right. And I think they got it right on Saturday. And I don't know if that will continue. I hope it does. But you have to be able to throw. I, I've, I've always talked about those two teams there. And really, if you watch Ohio State and when Clemson was good, you watch them, they can score from anywhere on the field. They don't have to drive down the field. Yeah. Guess what? Arkansas controlled that game. It didn't matter, though. We had two long passes, and boom, just like that, we scored touchdowns. And that is how you win ball games. Right. And Arkansas own time of possession, they had almost 35 minutes, whereas Auburn had about 25 minutes. So they they owned at least at least time of possession, which usually means you're you're moving down the field doing things. But I think that you know that kind of takes us to defense and why defense and kind of Derek Mason's style of defense. Yeah, I mean I've had my own criticisms of it. It's not you know what I was expecting, but I think Derek Mason because he had to step away from, you know, being a defensive coordinator for a handful of years to be the Vandy head coach. He's now, he's trying to transition back to defensive coordinator mindset. And there's a lot of things just, you know, defensive coordinators have to do. They have to read the offense. They have to adjust. They have to prepare their players for a wide variety of different plays that they have seen on tape, but maybe they haven't seen on tape you know, something that might have been set up earlier. So it's it's kind of this weird balance that Derek Mason has to go through as a defensive coordinator. And he's kind of, it takes a while. I mean, it's it feels like for the first half, like it seems like there's some issues on defense, but I feel like Derek Mason has done a great job of adjusting. Even kind of mid quarters, like in the middle of quarters, he has made the adjustments on various plays and stopped what was working for the opposing team. So I I'm, I'm not, you know, sold out on Derek Mason, but Hey, he's doing his job. Um, and for the most part, keeping teams out of the end zone. Now he may get, let them like, I think Arkansas technically had more yards, 407, 460 total yards this game, but he doesn't like, he kept them out of the end zone which is ultimately the biggest part of a football game. If you can let them kick, you know, 40, 50 yard field goals all day, as long as your team can score. Um, So I've been, you know, it's been a a good kind of experience to see what Derek Mason is doing on defense. Jared, any other thoughts? What's your kind of thoughts on uh, Derek Mason and the Auburn defense that is, you know, this year? Well, first off, since we're on defense, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the best relief pitcher in podcasting, uh, Mr. Ben King. <laughs> he steps in when I'm not here, and um, he actually does a better job than I do. Ah, no. But but Ben King, I'm in a chat with him, and before we get the pivotal sack fumble in the end zone, he calls it out. He says, I, I want a sack in the end zone. So I'm starting to think maybe he's a genie or something, and we we need to tap into that and utilize that a little more. Yeah, um, maybe we'll let Harson know about that, and they can get together. But yeah, um, hey Jared, you're you're just as much of a genie. You called what was it? 
against Georgia. Wasn't it right out of half that onside kick? Is that right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, that's right. And it he didn't work. It. it didn't work. See, Ben Kings led to seven points. My my <laughs> mine led to you know them getting the ball to fifty. So um, you win again, Ben. Um, I think that you know. I don't think it's totally different from what we dealt with with Steele in the beginning. Like, Steele started getting his players in, and we didn't have as much of this. But there's some big plays that happen. There's a lot of bending, but don't break. You know, I joked yesterday uh, with you, I think, it was either like a loss of yardage on their run or it was a 10-yard run. There was no Mm in-between. Luckily, we had enough lost yardage plays when we needed them. Um, I think that, honestly – you know, we're missing Papo. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He was a five-star linebacker. He, he's a three-year starter. Missing TD Moultrie. I think he was a top 100 recruit, four-year kind of starter. You know, that matters a lot. We got some JUCO guys in there that are probably still trying to gel. I'll be honest with you. I'm okay with our front seven. I think our secondary is not great, if I'm being honest, and I don't blame that except, on Mason totally. Except McCreary. Like, I think McCreary's outside great. of McCreary. Yes, I agree with you. He's great. Other than him, I think we are what we are, and our only goal moving forward should be to keep them from losing a game, mitigate the, the big losses, keep everything in front of you, and just hope for your front seven to be able to do enough um, yeah. to – to, to, to keep you in a game. And I think they can do that. I think that needs to be the game plan. I'll, I'll end with this. If you go back and watch the Georgia game, you know, Georgia did what we did to Arkansas. Look, they had like, you know, for the most part, they didn't just drive down on us. They had two deep passes and that changed the entire game. Mm-hmm. And so keep that in front of you, make them drive. And you saw what happened when Arkansas had to drive, you know, got to fourth downs and, and we stopped them. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think those big plays, if those don't happen, and I feel like in, in our losses this year, there have been some big plays that have just miscommunications in the secondary that have you know, ultimately probably lost this game. And you know, I know a whole game doesn't come down to a couple of plays usually like that, but when it just takes the wind out of your team, you could probably argue it does. And it, it, that's, that's where it really does hurt. Um, and, and I think where the execution piece of it I think we're starting to see a higher level of execution, which let's, let's, you know, transition to like, okay, we talked about defensive and offensive coordinators. Let's talk about the big guy, you know, Brian Harson, head coach of Auburn football. He has come in and had to change the culture or, you know, not had to, but I, yeah, he pretty much has to, like he had to come in and change some things and guess what he did. He's, he's, you know, some of the players have left, but, the guys that are still here have stuck through it and I think are better because of it. They are, you know, embracing the mentalities of Brian Harson that you, you have to be disciplined. You have to work hard and you have to, you know, face every week. You know, this year it's the one and O mindset. You have to bounce back. If, you know, we get down about a game like Georgia and we just, you know, get down about that. We don't come, we come out flat against Arkansas and we probably lose down in Fayetteville. But guess what? The team's mentality has been strong and they fight to the end. And I feel like those are good, bigger cultural things that I think Harson has helping with um, to help this team, not just this year, but in the years to come. Uh, you got to have that mentality. And the, it comes from the coach down. And then once the players buy into that and see 
how it's working, it'll help out in years and seasons to come. Jared, any kind of thoughts on Harson and uh, where he's at with uh, his coaching, you know, seven games into this? Yeah, I mean, I think overall, I saw something, I guess, out of all of the first-year coaches, he leads the pack at five and two. Um, you know, his only losses are to top ten teams. You know, it's not an easy job at Auburn, even if you don't go play Penn State on the road, because you have Georgia, Alabama, LSU, A&M, all that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's never easy. So, um, you know, his third game, that, that was the biggest atmosphere he's ever coached in on the road. So, he's learning a little bit. The thing I like about Harson, um, and it's frustrated some people because they want to see certain people play. I think Harson enjoys practice almost as much or more mm. than games. I think he really is one of those guys, and and I think Saban's of the same mold. Um, he's one of those guys like, listen, I, what we do work in practice, all right? That and if you do those little things, that's just going to automatically transfer to the game because you put in the work. Yeah, he even said like, and you saw him smile. He was like a little kid after one of those deep passes worked. It's like, hey, he was excited. He said that was a fun game because yeah. we finally got to see what we had been working so hard on in practice. It worked, and I think a lot of coaches get lost and they they focus on that game and try to winning that game. I really think Carson Hart Carson. I think Harson almost could care less who he's playing. He's like, look, we are going to focus on these things and we are going to perfect them in practice. Yeah. And if you perfect them it will transfer to the game. Yeah. I've, I've really liked that as well. I mean, I've played lots of different sports from baseball to football, all of them. It, it, the mentality of you know, practicing hard will definitely transfer over. And I know some of the, I mean, fans are, you know, kind of getting frustrated that, you know, guys like Landon King up until really a couple of games ago, I, I mean, he hasn't seen much play time and yet, you know, he came out, and he's he's showing he can play, but you know we're not seeing the behind the scenes. We're not seeing the practices going on uh, that Harson and his staff are seeing, and and that's that's where you almost have to kind of just. I know everybody has like this trust issue of like, do we really trust the coaches or not? But the coaches have seen the practices and they know how the players play. You you tend most players tend to play the way that they practice. If they're practicing hard, they're doing the right things in practice when, you know, quote unquote, it doesn't really matter, but it will transition to when it really does matter on a Saturday game. And, you know, I I see where people are talking about, okay, this is, you know, whatever. Like I want to see the players that are you know best on game day. Yeah. I mean, I do too, but I think Harson is trying to build up the culture of you have to practice hard and do the right things right now. And and I feel like that's the difference of, you know, get the instant quick hit of like we win or like, you know, some minor success in a game. Or do you work towards a, a future and a culture of we do the right things all the time, whether or not you're looking at them or not. In our practices, behind the scenes in our workouts, we're doing the right thing versus Oh, we're just going to show up on Saturday, even though we've had you know a bad week of practice and you know haven't put our whole effort into it. That's where I'm kind of at. I think it's a we're seeing some of the fruits of the labor this year, which I think is kind of like a you know, almost like a gift to Auburn fans. But I think in the you know coming years, that's going to bear a lot more fruit, and you're going to see a lot more success because 
you know, Harson has said to, you know, all the players, you're working hard in practices. And if you don't, you're not going to get much game time, if at all. So that's kind of my rant on it. I probably went on too long, but, you know, <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> well, real quick, I mean, you mentioned Landon King. So Landon King's a three-star tight end. Well, Landon King, if, if I'm not mistaken, was playing receiver yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we have four-star receivers who are not seeing the field. And I think that that was the biggest sign of, like, listen, Harson's not lying because you've been hearing how he's doing so great in practice. If you put him in in practice, he's going to put you in the game. Yeah. And really when you do that, like that that's all back on you as a player. Um if he if you put in the effort, he's going to put you on the field. And so the players that are not on the field, you have to assume uh they're not putting in or they're they're getting beat out in practice. Um and you know, here's the reality. If you get all players buying in on that, when you start bringing in more four and five stars and they automatically come in with that mentality, imagine four and five stars who are putting in that work, like what they're going to look like on Saturdays. So yeah. you get everybody doing that. And, you know, and I'm not, Harson's not the only guy that does this. I mean, all, I mean, really good coaches are that way. And I think Harson's going to be one, but it's about, I, I, I'll end with it. John Wooden, you know, he won, I think, like, I don't know, 10, 13 championships at UCLA basketball. He never cared what the other team was doing. He focused on all his – all they could control all the way down to showing his players how to put on socks so that they didn't get blisters. And that's <laughs> what they focused on. And they mastered it. And yeah. the, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the coaching staff, as you know, I feel like it has had lots of criticisms they're they're kind of rising to the occasion and, and honestly like think about you know the roller coaster of you know the season where you know we lose to Penn State we're kind of a little bit down but hey it's at Penn State we did have a chance to win and then we beat LSU we're like oh this is the best thing ever we haven't beaten them in 22 years in Baton Rouge and then we get back down to oh crap we lost to Georgia and we're going to not win any more games in the SEC. You know, that's some fans' mentality. And then we're like, oh, we can beat Arkansas. We just beat them. Yeah, we're, we're the best. We can you – yeah. Know, and now, now, now I've seen people are like, yeah, we can win the SEC West. I mean, I think it's in the realm of possibility. Do I think it's probably going to happen? Probably not. Sorry to break your hearts. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think we need to kind of let the coaches do what they do. And that's a harder thing said than done. I mean, Jared, you and I talk about coaching and you know changes and all that all the time, as as many of the fans do. But the coaches know what they're doing most of the time, and they seem to be doing things the right way. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, 
recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk, you know, just kind of high level here um, about offense. I I think we saw Bo Nix probably have... I think maybe his best game. I mean, is that, is that an overstatement that he had his best game he's ever had in college? Um, absolutely. Without a doubt, his best game on the road. I, I don't know if Mississippi state a few years ago might've been better, um, but it, it doesn't matter. It was his most, it was his best, most important game. Yeah. I mm-hmm. could absolutely agree. And you could argue best overall. And it was definitely his best road game. Yeah. And I think coming out of, you know, the Georgia state game where he got yanked and, he 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 was sitting on the bench to now the Bonix we're seeing the last couple of games I've been you know pretty impressed with how Bo's responded in that um and not to mention your know, road you know the mentality that he's had on the road has been very impressive um and, and you know the the ways he's kind of showing that he can be a good pocket passer which I think a lot of you know people had concerns about He's showing that he can do that. He can step up and deliver a good pass. Um, I mean, he had at least two really good long bombs to both Demetrius Robertson um, and then I'm blanking on his name. Was oh Javarius Johnson. So those were two things I feel like, or you know, one thing, you know, long passes and pocket passing that Auburn fans have been criticizing Bo. He's you know, overthrows the guy. This game he put it on the money. He timed it perfectly. Everything looked just like clockwork. Um, looked so good. Um, but I, I think we're still kind of, you know, offensively wanting something on uh, on the running back side. Is that accurate? Like we want to see more or something else from the running backs? Yeah, I mean, I think the promising thing about Bo is for three straight games, he has not been the problem at all. Like LSU, he just put him on his back. Georgia? He to me he looked exactly the same at Georgia as he did at Arkansas. He was on the on mon, on the point uh, on the money. Mm-hmm. His receivers just didn't catch the ball. That was the <laughs> difference. Yep. Um. So that's promising that this is like okay, this is three games in a row now where not only has Bo not been the problem, but Bo actually looked good. Um. Very promising. Run game. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, we're really struggling up the middle to get anything, and that was like Penn State. And before then, we ran really well. Um, you know, the big run yesterday, I mean, Tank had to, you know, he, he juked the guy and got out wide and got to the, you know, the the goal line. So I don't know what's going on there. I do know they're stacking the box. They're probably going to have to start doing that a little less now that we've shown we can go over the top. Mm-hmm. That'll help for sure. There's something we're missing. I don't know. But if I will say this, and and I know I'm an Auburn fan. I think if we fit, if we get to the Penn State and before style running attack, if we get that back somehow and Bo does not change who he is right now in the moment, I think we could uh, we could be a handful for a lot of teams. I'm being honest. Yeah, no, and that's that's kind of my mentality on it. 
that we if we go back to where we had Tank and Jarquez both in I think the top five in the SEC is that accurate like rushing yards I think both of them were up there if not top five it was definitely top 10 if we get back to that and we also have the same Bo Nix that is the passer that you know completes just 21 of 26 passes I mean 80 percent of his passes were completed that's a hard thing for our defense to stop because they're not going to be able to put the seven, eight guys in the box like we've seen before, because guess what? Bo Nix is going to be able to pick apart your defense. He's going to have those one-on-one and he'll see that's the matchup I want. And he'll be able to, he's a smart enough guy. He'll figure that out. AJ, I, I'd never thought, I honestly didn't think Bo Nix would play in the NFL. Um, the last two weeks has changed my opinion. And, and I know people, well, Georgia, really? I mean, that somebody broke it down. You take throwaways and drops out, he was 88%. I mean, mm-hmm. the Georgia game was not his fault at all. And he still doesn't have a fantastic offensive line. And I've been a huge Bo Nix critic. Um, what I've seen the past two games, and listen, we know it's a Bo Nix experience. We don't always know what we're going <laughs> to get. If this continues, he'll be in the NFL. I mean, he's on, he's on money. He can make all the throws. Um, he's looking really good right now. Yeah. And again, kind of think it comes back to the coaching and how Bobo and Harson have coached him up this year. I mean, it's it's been a good change for Bo. Oh, he's nine day. Yeah, yeah, he's nine day. He's not the same quarterback. And I, I love Gus, but this is yeah, this is absolutely night and day from who he was. Yeah. And you can just see the confidence that Bo has um this year. It, it's it's on another level. I mean, kind of, I mean, like I keep thinking back on the accuracy of, you know, guys like Jarrett Stidham. I mean, Jarrett Stidham, his goal was make every pass. And there were games, I think, up until about halftime, he had almost completed every pass. Bo Nix is getting up to that level of he knows where he wants to put it. Even if it's the long bomb, he knows where he wants to pass it. And and that's, that's, I think, the chemistry building up with him and his wide receivers. And it showed. It showed a lot. Um, this this week um, let's talk about defense a little bit we have now been able to stop another team you know pretty well but they still you know run up the yardage on us but again like we talked about earlier it's the bend but don't break kind of mentality and this team held Arkansas who I think had kind of shown they can both run the ball and also pass the ball pretty efficiently and we held them to 23 points. That's, a, in my mind, a pretty good standard considering, you know, the week previous, what was it, like Arkansas got 51 points on Ole Miss. Not Ole Miss's defense, different than us, whatever. But they still have the efficiency, you know, that possibility of scoring that many points. And we held them to 23 points. So uh, they did their job. They, they made Arkansas, uh, again, kept everything in front of them. Didn't let any huge plays happen. I feel like that's about as much as you can ask for for this defense. And then, you know, not to mention the fumble, strip sack, and the end zone recovered by our defense. I mean, defense was on fire. Jared, any kind of other thoughts about what our defense did against Arkansas? No, I think you mentioned it. I mean, I do think that, you know, fans won't pressure all the time. But if you go back and look, I mean, we, we, created a good bit of pressure i think we had maybe three sacks as well and um you know that that guy's a big guy he's mobile um he's hard to bring down that is a that's a very difficult de- 
they're they're a good team. That's difficult to defend when somebody's that mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all in all, I I would say, yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we got the job done. That that's it. We need one more point than they did. The and, and the defense really turned that game around with the the turnover um, conversion. And if you look at you know the if you've watched any of Georgia and Alabama over the last few years. You know, there's been times where they had they got that play. Special teams or defense is what got them the play to to get things rolling. And Auburn's kind of not kind of like that. Well, it, it's okay to rely on that. That got us going, and that's okay. It's a team effort. Yeah, no, it really is. And and you saw once that happened, Auburn swung that momentum right back Auburn's way. Uh, and, and that's that's what a defense is there to do. It's keep the team out of the end zone and. You know, it, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, get a good sack, get a good hit, intercept the ball. And, and it's like you said, I, I feel like it's not up to maybe like what I was expecting, but it's still pretty good considering we still have uh, TD Moultrie and Owen Papo still not playing. And, and those are a couple big guys that our defense in, in early in the season were definitely relying a lot on. Um, I did want to shout out Zacoby McLean. The dude was on fire. 15 tackles, two pass deflections. I mean, he was all over the field, just making things, you know, making hits. I, I mean, I, okay. So looking at him before this season, I was like, he's going to be a great player, but he's just too, too undersized for, to go to the NFL. He is doing this against strong and physical teams in the SEC, which makes me like maybe change my mindset about him maybe going to the NFL. I think Zacoby McClain might you know, have changed some NFL you know, minds about him playing in the NFL. He's playing up to those kinds of standards. And, and maybe in the NFL, he maybe transitions to like not technically a linebacker position, but maybe something like it where he can – still you know stop the run which is one of his best assets but also you know go back and you know play some you know pass coverage so i mean big shout out to him he was one of the main reasons i think our defense was just so electric and played so well he's a beast he's gonna have to earn it man the nfl i mean look those guys are smarter than i am but if if you're not the prototypical size of any position, you got to earn it, and it, it might even be a free agent type deal where he has, he doesn't even get drafted. But it's it's so crazy to me that he wouldn't get drafted. But it wouldn't surprise me because of his size. They love size. They'll yeah. take a I mean, they'll take a. I mean, look, Matthew Stafford was like fifty percent completion percentage in college, but he had a rocket arm, and that's that has panned out. Uh, but they'll they'll take size and strength all day long, and and not a guy that's been productive. So um, he's going to earn it, but I tell you what, I, I would, I would like him on. Uh, I'm a Falcons fan. I would like him on my team. Yeah, same here. Uh, anybody that can fly around and has instincts and can read an offense, man, that is the Kobe McLean. Um, one other guy, Rod McCreary. He he also had a fantastic day. Um, he, he almost had an interception, if you remember. I think it was early in the game. Um, he also broke with a pass on that two point conversion at the end of the third quarter when like Arkansas was just you know, trying to claw back. And I think if they get it, they have a little bit of momentum, but McCreary you know, caused that pass uh, breakup. Um, he also had a clutch one um, in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, 
he's definitely our number one DB and definitely proven it uh, in this week. Uh, we also had three sacks. Um, that was a uh, pretty impressive. Um, Derek Hall had one and then Coley Wooden had two. So um, big, big time plays. Um, love to see just some, some good pressure um, and maybe more consistent. I mean, I think that's the only like complaint that I have. So any other thoughts on defense before we move on to special teams? No, I'm gonna let you get on to your favorite favorite subject. Uh, <laughs> I know you love you some some Oscar Chapman, so um, and and we need to give him a lot of praise about that uh, that sack fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we haven't even yeah. Let's. Let, I think that's a good transition from defense over to special teams because really Oscar's punt that pushed LSU or not LSU Arkansas back pretty far. That, that was Oscar Chapman's punt, and then. There were a couple like things. Auburn just pushed them back into the end zone. So it was kind of this part of Oscar Chapman having a great punt, but then our defense capitalizing off of that and, and just pinning its ears back, th- saying, We're going to get some, uh, like, we have an opportunity to either get a sack or, you know, in this chance, you know, in this opportunity, we had you get a fumble that turned into a touchdown. Uh, so that's, that's an awesome thing. And, and I think that all, kind of started from Oscar Chapman's incredible punt. I think it was like 57 yards or something. Like, yep. It, it, was, it was crazy. Like yep. really good punt. Yeah. That, I mean, that <clears throat> he will never get credited for this, but I mean, he, he flipped the game. I mean, that was it. I mean, it's, it's the little things. We go back to that. You know, he punched that. If he doesn't punt that just like that, that, that never happens. We never get that sack fumble and who knows what happens in the game. So, um, he won't get the credit for it. Well, he probably does from the coaches. They recognize that stuff. But yeah. um, as fans, we we recognize the sack. But you can't forget what put them in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for punts, uh, I feel like he also did really well. He ended up averaging about 48 yards per punt, which, again, like I, I think of like anything above like 45 is kind of in that great category for me. Like he's doing his job. Um, and, and really, I mean, you put them on the field and say, you punt really far and allow no returns. Um, and he, he did that. Um, so I I think he did pretty much exactly what we were hoping. And, uh, also Anders Carlson, (laughs) of course, you know, Anders doing his thing. He's always out there being the consistent player. And, uh, he also did well, um, this game. Um, he only had to make one field goal from 29 yards out, um, but he also did convert on all five of his extra points. Um, so always good to see that. Um, overall special teams, I think there wasn't anything necessarily too special about it besides that long punt from Oscar. It was just kind of like business as usual, which, hey, <laughs> when I'm saying business as usual, it's you know, pretty good because Auburn business as usual for special teams is usually pretty good. For the most part, I view special teams as bare minimum. You want them to uh, not be mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like an offensive lineman. Yeah. Like, do your job. Don't screw up. Uh, and it's great if you do add to the game in the sense of block punts or, you know, great punts or long field goals. But, yeah, essentially don't mess up. And they didn't mess up. And, and Oscar had the – helped us out with the long punt. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Any other thoughts, uh, Jared, on anything about this uh, Arkansas 
game and uh, us coming out with a victory and moving on to be five and two. Pretty good record, in my opinion, for how how tough this season it is and yeah. coaching staff turnover and all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we don't we got to remember that's a good team. They're fired up team. They lost two in a row. They were back at home. Uh, that's a well coached team. That's a team that you know some would argue probably should have and almost beat us in Auburn last year. Mm-hmm. And they and they wanted revenge. I mean, like they wanted revenge. They wanted it bad. They wanted it bad. Like we got their best shot. And I, you know, I heard somebody say before the game, they said, "Look, this is very pivotal to determine. All right, is Auburn in the kind of top tier of the SEC, or are they going to kind of fall down to the bottom tier?" And there's still a lot to be seen, but I think we absolutely right now are in a great position to to kind of move up to that top tier. Not not at Georgia, Alabama, just yet, but you're you're right below them in the combo. Uh, we had to have this game to even be in that combo. I think so too. I mean, it's a ranked team. Auburn it was only a I think four point underdog in the game and we came out and we we ended up beating them and we beat them bad and I mean it, it felt good for sure to get this win uh, because we get a bye week now and, and it like I feel like anytime you have a bye week it is just such a better feeling to go into a bye week knowing that you just won your last game like I think it was last year um, we played LSU and we just stomped LSU. And guess what? I think LSU had to sit on that loss for like two or three weeks because one mm-hmm. week was a COVID issue, one was their bye week, maybe one other thing, maybe another COVID week or something. And I was like, dude, that must feel like crap to have to sit on a loss for yeah. three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jerry, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Um, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.